been playing in the, in the end game right here. Solution Sports, you know, I always get the music going there in the beginning, and that's how we like to do it, you know, had a few days off there, hopefully on the podcast, y'all got to tune into it last time for the faithful followers that I do have, and um, had some pretty good, really good games on Sunday, yesterday, Um, some real dramatic finishes, very close games, I mean, some games went extra innings, Saw some good pitching by some starting pitchers like Carrasco, and they didn't get the win in the Sunday night matinee. But how about that win by Washington? I mean, they was on the ropes. They really needed a win against San Diego the other night. And we saw them dig deep. Man, they came and won in 11 innings there and dramatic walk-off fashion by Matt Adams with the home run there, winning 76. Boston continues to... To slide even with sail on the mound is not a good sail right now for the team. Um, Glass now did good. He picked up the win. He's five and oh, he's finding a way to get wins, and he's giving his team a chance by keeping them in the games in the first five innings. And you know they was destined for that rivalry there and going up into Boston, and they pulled that game out. Very big game for Tampa Bay, five to two yesterday on Sunday. Phillies roll around, um, picking up the win against Miami, which they're a much better team. Um, and they played to that metric, 16-12 and 12 for the Phillies. Another dramatic game by the um, Blue Jays and the A's. Surprisingly, the A's went up to Toronto. I guess Canada is not kind to them this year. They got swept by the Toronto Blue Jays. Can you believe that? Um, they got some good pitching there by um, the young man that came up on the mound uh, he didn't get the win, but um, he kept them in the game, and um, they they won five to four in eleven innings. Another extra inning game there. Um, Milwaukee they slide again on the road against New York. Um, Matt picks up the win. Um, good win for New York. Um, they they find a way to protect their home field there. They need a win. They're one game above five hundred now. Um, there was a little concern with Yellick leaving the game early. We have to keep our tabs on that. Another one-win one, one win finale going down to the end with the Braves and the Rockies. They were scoring a lot of runs in SunTrust Park Field over the weekend. And a much-needed win for the Braves. They pull it out 8-7 to seven based on the brute strength of Ozzy Albies. Two home runs in that game. Um, they came in, all came in to try to save the game for Colorado. He's bounced around from Toronto, and he's been a mediocre bullpen guy. Um, still finding a way to have a role and a chance on teams, but again, he gives up a a very bad um loss to the Braves there. Um, Twins, you know, they're doing their thing. They're still rolling along. They're not in a big market up there in Minnesota, but they are playing good baseball. Max Kepler hitting another solo shot. I think he's went deep three times in his last at-bats. 
Um, they're playing like out. They scored a lot of runs against the Orioles pitching. Bundy takes a loss. Again, he just doesn't have a lot of movement on that fastball. He gets up there pretty mid-90s, but the guys them can see it, and they, they tee off on him. Um, we had Lopez winning yesterday. I know a lot of podcasters had Matt Boyd as a, you know, it was a lot of great pitching in the matinees yesterday on Sunday, but not a lot of people was talking on board. I wasn't buying it, but um, Sox pick up a win. Lopez picks up a much-needed win. They only give up one run to Detroit yesterday at home, 4-1 to the finale. Uh, both teams uh, right now have surrendered 14 losses. Detroit 12-14, and 14, White Sox 11-14. and 14. A little too much of Mike Trout yesterday against Kansas City. Um, Harvey picks up the win in relief there in the end. Um, A's much needed win again on the road against a formidable Kansas City team, but they took care of them. Um, two mediocre teams, A's 12 and 17 out in the year, Kansas City 9 and 19. They're pretty much like, like, um, you know, they're barn burners. They're like Miami right now, just down in the bottom of the pits. Miami 8 and 20. After they lost to Philly in Kansas City 9-19. St. Louis with Flaherty on the mound. They did their thing. He didn't really get a lot, a lot of strikeouts. But he did just enough. And he got enough run support to hold off the Reds yesterday. 5-2. St. Louis 17-10. Good record for them so far. Cincinnati falling 11-16. And the Yankees keep rolling around. I mean, this team, they really, truly embarrassed Pud Rodriguez's son yesterday, Derek Rodriguez. He left a lot, a lot, a lot of balls up in the strike zone yesterday. I watched that game for several innings, and he just couldn't get in the groove. His defense kind of let him down with some errors there early in the game. And it was all she wrote. Um, the Yankees took advantage of his um, – he couldn't command anything – his fastball was all over the place. Just a very sloppy game for San Francisco yesterday. They definitely played like an 11-17 team, like what they are. Um, I think the Yankees went in and swept those guys. I don't think they won one game against the Yankees. So the Yankees are playing good despite all of the injuries. Those guys that are coming behind the number one uh, slot guys in their lineups are were ready. They're playing. I mean... Luke Voigt is playing at a high level. Gleyber Torres has seen the ball very good. Gary Sanchez, he hit another home run, a blast. I mean, it went way up in the in, in the stands. I mean, whoever's despite the pitching, I mean, let's give credit to the hitting, hitting coach. I mean, you know, that's one thing you can do. You know, you when you're substituting, you're coming behind guys that have proven why they should be in the starting lineup. Well, what, how do you raise a level to bar? You you get in that batter's box in that cage and you start hitting, hitting as many balls as you can and, and learning the science of hitting. And it seems like they're very much embracing it. Rochelle and Tyler Wade are contributing in huge ways right now. Um, LeMay, who had a little injury there, I think is on his knee. The x-rays came back negative, but he's been a big part of what they're doing there at the top of the order. Um, shout out to the Yankees. I mean, if you've been putting your money on them here lately, you should be definitely two, three, four, five W's up in your bank account right now. And those those L.A. Dodgers, they're stubborn. I mean, they do not give up. They got the eye of a tiger. They fight and fight and fight. They're like the 300 
of the National League, man. I mean, they were, they got down pretty pretty much there in that first couple of innings of Pittsburgh, and they found a way to erase a five to nothing deficit. And Bellinger was a tough out all night. Corey Sager came up big. Max Muncy finally came out of his little slump. I mean, they got contributions from Kiki Hernandez getting his first triple of the year. I mean, everything bounced their way in those latter innings, and they would not be denied at home. Pittsburgh started off pretty good in the year. They're down to 12 and 14 now. They're going to have to find a way to pick it up. Um, their pitching has not been able to hold certain scenarios, and their bullpen is not has been very serviceable lately. Um, hopefully they find a way whenever they get back to to PNC Park to kind of rally up a few wins, but they have slid here. Jansen came in and got the win. Um, and Uray has got the win there in the later innings. So none of the starting pitchers were able to pick up a win because of the offense that picked up during that game. Um, Cubs, again, find a way to rally out their game. Another close game, 65. This was a final with 15 innings. Arizona game, everything they could. Both teams played like above 500 teams. Arizona, they slide to 16 and 13. Chicago, 14 and 12. Chatwood picked up a win there in the latter innings. Held those guys down. And again, I mean, they, they have to keep pace in that division they're in. And they actually was able to pull that off. So, Cubs doing a good job. Chris Bryant getting hold of one there. Um, got a nice opposite field home run. And um, Contreras actually went yard there. So, I mean, the, the names and, the, and you know, finding contributions there. I know um, Zobra's got a real big hit there in the later innings, and that's what you're going to have to do to win. You're going to have to have a team effort, and that's how you scramble off three or four or five wins, and that's what the Cubs are doing right now. Again, the Cubs right now, they're moving up. You know, I remember a few few days ago in the podcast, Cubs were looking to be like three, four games under 500. They're only two and a half games back of St. Louis now, two games over 500. So, shout out to them. Um, Joe Madden's got those guys playing like, you know, what they look like on paper. I have no idea what happened to Seattle yesterday, but they got totally got clobbered. I don't know. They just, as a team, just did not want to play on a Sunday. But Lance Lynn came in. He commanded his fastball. Yeah, he's breaking stuff, working. Um, he got some good strikeouts there. Those guys just looked mediocre yesterday. They they just threw in the white white cloth real early. Fourteen to one. I mean, they made Hunter Pence look like the young Hunter Pence, the old Hunter Pence from the Giants when they used to be balling. Man, I mean, he just cleared a home run and he was running the bases aggressively. He was aggressive with runners in scoring position. He. He did it. He was a whole package yesterday for Texas. There was a lot of other contributors there. Sinchu, um, Elvis Andrews. I mean, they had a really good offensive day yesterday. Uh, much needed because um, they were at 500 with that win. Texas goes one game over 500. And um, they're two and a half games back of Houston. And... and um, not too far off the pace from Seattle. Seattle has to pick it up. They got to get going there. They just got a little slide. Um, they're losers of their last two. Oakland, again, losers of their last three. Looking at the AL West, Houston picked up a huge win against Cleveland after Carrasco pretty much dominated them. 
It's just a very, very sad way for him to lose. He was racking up a lot of strikeouts and he you know, as much deserved to win if he if they would have got some run support, but they couldn't. And um and they even knocked Tyler um on Wade out. I mean Wade Wade was doing very good there for Houston in the beginning. He didn't pick up the win either. But um you know, he did what he could. It was a close game there for the first few innings and then it just came down who wanted more. Um, and Houston they're seventeen and eleven right now and Cleveland fifteen and twelve. Cleveland they're two games behind Minnesota in that AL Central. So just a little coverage there of everything that we transpired. Um and we're gonna go into looking at some <clears throat> some of the matchups for today. Today being Monday, you know, some teams um actually get off on Mondays and Thursdays after the weekend so you don't have a full slate. Uh, we're going to look at a fantasy uh, metrics right now. See what's at hand. Um, we go to our MLB app here. So we got two, four, six, eight. Yeah, nine games today, it looks like. St. Louis comes to town in Washington. All right. And then the A's are traveling to Boston. And should be a very good series there. Two kind of mediocre teams. Both, you know, Boston are losers of their last two in the AL East. And then Oakland are losers of their last three in the AL West. Okay. Um, Oakland has slightly a few more wins, but they're only one more um, loss less in the loss column. In Boston, Boston is eleven and seventeen. Oakland is fourteen and sixteen. So Oakland find themselves four games behind behind Houston in the L West, and Boston is seven and a half games ouch behind Tampa Bay. Can you believe that? Behind Tampa Bay in the AL East. So right now, as for on DraftKings, you know that's my platform. We have Verlander on the mound. So, mind you, um, Houston is coming off a big win last night against against Cleveland. And now they got their ace on the mound against Minnesota, who's actually been playing very good baseball. Uh, Minnesota winners of their last three, as we just spoke upon, and taking care of Baltimore. So, I mean, this should be a very good good game, first game to, to look at. And uh, we'll go over the covers. Let's see what Covers has to say about this game. Um, Alderizzi is a opposing pitcher for um for Minnesota, for Minnesota. Um, definitely not on the same talent level as with Verlander. Um, his whip is not bad. It's one point two four. He's two and two on the year. All right, he has one game against Houston this year so far in their earlier matchup they had. He surrendered two runs, one of them being a homer. His ERA was averaged out at 3.18. He had 5.2 innings pitched in that game. He actually picked up the win despite giving up eight hits in those five innings. And uh, what saved him was, you know, he, he, he didn't give up more than two runs. So anytime he can do not give up more than two runs against Houston, that's a good, that's a good thing. Yeah, the only two strikeouts, as you know, Houston batters are pretty tough at the at the plate. They're very cerebral hitters. They know what pitch they're looking for. 
Um, they've had one game under their belt uh, from a sports psyching standpoint against Odorizzi. I, I truly think is it's not going to be as, as easy this time around. Um, they are in Minnesota. Minnesota is an underdog in this game. They're sworn at over-under of eight. Um, and that's due to Verlander being on the mound and him being able to command his pitches a little bit more and then Jake actually having a decent outing against them in their first game. So Vegas is going to play safe. I think the 8 over under is a safe number. Nothing really to just be overwhelmed, overwhelmingly confident about putting an over under bet in this one. Um... Let's look at um, Verlander's stats against them. I mean, he's a perfect 4-0 in the year. He's been pitching lights out, man, .90 whip. I mean, he's averaging 24.9 fantasy points per game, 2.61 ERA. I mean, these are like Cy Young numbers he's doing here. Um, he has been noticed, noticeable to give up the long ball. Um, he's given up one home run in, just, in all his starts, so... Just like Sale and Hap and, you know, some of the other pitchers, Scherzer, that have not been having their great stuff, a lot of it's due to them not fearing to challenge hitters, especially hitters that are talented. You know, you have talented hitters just as much as you have talented pitchers, and what that equates to is them swinging the bat one time and taking you over the fence, you know, as opposed to a talented pitcher that can just – have you down all one oh two and strike you out and send you back to the bullpen. So, I mean, his last start, man, he dominated him. He had eight strikeouts. He couldn't do anything with him. In the eight innings he gave you almost pitched a complete game. He gave up four hits. So, I mean, he was two pitches shy of giving you a hundred pitches in that game. Um uh, I mean everything is saying that you can't really lose with Verlander today. Um Ten thousand eight hundred. I mean that that is um that is you know a high a high amount to to pay for a pitcher and against a team that is coming off a series that is batting very good. However, that <laughs> that was the Orioles that we we're talking about. Okay, uh, that's not the um, Minnesota Twins and the Orioles. As we know, their pitching is not that great. Looks like the wind is blowing left to right at Target Field today. Humidity around 50%. Um, so the wind is not blowing in. That might spell well for um, for right-hand hitters that are uh, looking to pull the ball. Um, let's see if we got any lineups here. Um, posted. And we're going to go to MLB. Try to go to MLB.com for that. Let's look at something here. Um, <clears throat> so right now, we don't have any media right now for that game. What I'm going to do is we're going to go over to MLB.com. We know that Max Kepler has been on fire there at the top of the lineup. Um, once again, when you, when you have players like that that are seeing the ball very well, um, it is a possibility that... Um, you want to continue to stick with that, you know. Um, right now, they have sported a lineup for Minnesota, so Kepler is at the top. He has a two seventy four average, seven home runs, 16 RBIs, and banned off leadoff. That's amazing. 
Um, he has power. He's batting a decent average. He's bringing runs home from the top order. That's great. Uh, he can't beat that. Uh, Jorge Polanco, you know, high average, three thirty seven, five homers, ten RBIs in the two spot. They got Rosario batting third. He's DH in the day, eleven home runs, twenty four RBIs. He's been the power guy for that team. His role definitely went up um, with Escobar leaving for Arizona. The catcher, surprisingly, is in the fourth spot. Mitch Garver, he has power. Five home runs on the year. 372 average and 10 RBIs. Martin Gonzalez, pretty not known for like being a great contact hitter. He gets you know he gets you some serviceable hits here and there. Um, he has two home runs on the year. It's a low average at .173. And that pretty much tells a tale of him. Scope has been doing pretty decent. 265. Decent six hitter right there. Four home runs, eleven RBIs, and we got Jay Cave and then Eri Adrianza in the eighth spot. One sixty one average, no home runs, one RBI. Looks like a pretty much filling player there, and the speedy guy at the bottom, Brian Buxton, two seventy, hit his first home run yesterday. Um, and ten RBIs, six stolen bases. So Buxton, if you like speed in your lineup. Um, is someone who may give Verlander a little trouble. You could do a little strategy there by picking from the bottom of the lineup there, going with a nine one two three combo. If you want to do a Minnesota little lineup there and go very contrarian against a very power pitcher in Verlander, if you want to, because a lot of people are not gonna <clears throat> try to challenge Verlander unless you're smart and you know you got somebody like Rosario. And Kepler, who can take him deep. He is a right-hand hitter, um, pitcher. So the odds are that maybe a left-hander would be able to do the damage. So someone like Kepler can catch up to a fastball or some of his breaking stuff. Or Rosario might be someone you may want to deal with. All right? Um, pretty much, I'm pretty sure the lineup for Houston is going to be the same. Um, we look at some of their hitters. Uh, for for Houston today. Now, Nelson Cruz is not going to play. He might DH or something. Not DH, but he might, you know, pinch hit down the line if it's a close game. But, um, yeah, he's he's not he's not going to – Nelson Cruz – and you know what? When, by saying that, with him not being in that lineup, that spells even much better for even picking Verlander. Okay, well, well, you got somebody like Nessa Cruz and Verland does not have to face him four times in a game. That makes his salary even more worthy. Okay, all right, so I'm pretty sure Springer is going to be at the top of the order. He had a great series, averaging nine fantasy points. He drove in two. He had four hits in his 12 at bats in the one game so far against them. Um, and Brantley owned them. I mean, he had two home runs against them. They want to take note of Bradley. He had a lot of success against um against Minnesota. They had two home runs. He had thirteen at bats. Scored four runs. Had five hits. He has one point two seven five OPS. I mean that's awesome. I mean and uh, he's going against a right hander. We know Bradley's a left hander in that lineup. Um, Carrera again. He had another great series against him. Two home runs himself. Four RBIs. Four hits and 13 at bats, scored two runs. He had a double also, 1.154 OPS, 8.846 slugging. Um, Carrera did very good against Minnesota. Um, 
Altuve. We even look at him, and he, you know, he's a forty-seven hundred dollars salary. You know, thirteen at bats. He had two hits. Uh, he didn't fare too well against them in his ten-game log. He's, he hasn't really had a breakout game in a while. Um, didn't get any hits yesterday against Cleveland. Um, we know Altuve is a former NL batting champ. Um, you know, the laws of efficiency would say that he's going to try to really bounce back in a big way today. Um, definitely look at Altuve today in your lineup. Yes, he is a right-hander. Alderiz is a right-hander. But, again, he's going to have a lot of opportunities in that order where he's batting. Bregman yesterday didn't do much. Um, played pretty good defense out there. But in the last game against Cleveland, didn't get a hit. He did take a walk. Struck out twice. Um, in the splits there, you know, he had three RBIs. Um, he had three hits in his 10 at best, and that's in that first game. 0.829 OPS, 300 batting average, slugging at 400. Um, is always a guy that you got to look at. Again, it looks like most of the top of the order has some success against Minnesota. I mean, this is a lineup of two division leaders going against one another, so there's a lot of pride in this matchup. Um, Again, you can definitely, from what I'm seeing there, you can probably definitely roster some Houston batters today. Um, I mean, on the consensus, it's 66% going for Houston today versus 34% for the Twins. Um, Again, they're a whole different lineup without Nelson Cruz. You can continue to roll the dice with with, with um, Kepler. Um, I see Houston definitely dominating this game. I see them taking this game. This could easily be like a... Five, another 5-2 five to two game or something like that. I would see Houston pulling the game out. I don't see it going over eight runs in any way. I don't see a lot of firepower against um, Minnesota. The reason it is respectable. So um, I do maybe see either one of the the um, pitchers giving up a, a solo shot here. Probably the reason might give up more than one today. So, um you know, I'll probably take the under. I mean, the laws of the number says that both pitchers are handling their business pretty good against the form, each opponent in their last um, at bad. You know, all the reason might be a little bit more settled in target field. So, good game to watch there. Um, we're going to move on to the St. Louis and Washington game. Randon still day to day. He's not going to be in the lineup. He has an elbow issue. Um, let's see if we can. All right. Let's see if we can go to that St. Louis and Washington. Yeah, St. Louis is dangerous. They're real dangerous. There's going to be a pretty good pitching duel today. All right. You're going to have some good pitching to deal with. You're going to have Corbin against Walker. Uh, Corbin, as you know, came over from Arizona, one of the big acquisitions for Washington. They're coming off a huge win at home yesterday against San Diego. We'll see how much momentum that will give them. Um, Michael Walker, um, he hasn't faced Washington this year. He is undefeated. Um, He's had a lot of no decisions. He picked up a win against Milwaukee. had a great game. I remember watching that game. He had a couple of innings where he got in jams, but he got out. Due to them having a higher strikeout ratio in that game, scoring seven strikeouts against Milwaukee. Six innings pitched in that game. He gave up five hits. He did give up a long ball and um, gave up two earned runs. Again, his ERA is a little bit concerning at 4.64 going against Washington. 
He is a right-hander, and Juan Soto, as being an opposing batter to him, and seeing the ball very good right now. Um, <clears throat> as for Corbin, um, again, these teams have not faced each other. He's been doing very, very. He's been consistent. He's had a couple issues here and there. Uh, he has been getting some good run support, at least four runs around average, and his team's been giving around four runs a game. So he is a left-hander um, going against St. Louis. Uh, we know Carpenter is a left-hander in that lineup. Um, he's going to have to deal with Goldschmidt today. Um, Marcelo Zuna has been, been doing everything. He has really woke up over the past week. There's Stone Jose Martinez in that fifth spot. He's a very sneaky hitter. You don't hear much about his name, but the guy can hit. He's very smart. He, he sacrifices a lot of things for his team when it comes to bringing runs in. And there you go. He has 12 RBIs, just um, one RBI behind Paul DeYoung, who's been lights out. This St. Louis team, the top six in their order, they're tough, man. Carpenter, Goldschmidt, Dijon, Ozuna, Martinez, Molina. I think Molina has like a 14 or 15-game hitting streak right now. He's putting up a lot of great numbers in that catching position. 19 RBIs. The guy even has a stolen base on the year. But the biggest surprise is Ozuna. 10 home runs. Whoever saw that coming? I mean, Goldie has 9 home runs and 19 RBIs. But Ozuna has 26 RBIs on the season. He's really, really benefiting from band behind Carpenter. Goldie and Paul Young, And then you got people like Martinez and Molina coming behind you who are seeing the ball, making contact and taking advantage. It's very hard to, to pitch around any of these batters in the top six of their order. And that's why currently right now St. Louis is doing what they're doing, why they're 17 and 10. Why well, Milwaukee and Chicago is having a hard time keeping up with these guys. I mean, that Goldsmith trade was huge. I mean, putting Goldsmith right there in, in that lineup of what they already had going into this year makes a huge difference. I mean, because Carpenter is going to work the count. Jong has really materialized into a great hitter. I mean, the guy's hitting three forty two, And then you put Gold in the two spot, like how they do Trout. I mean, you got to deal with power. You can't walk them. And you got Azuna and Dijon coming behind Goldschmidt. I mean, they're working there. So Patrick Corbin, he's gonna have a he's gonna have a lot, a lot of work cut out for him. I do respect a lot of what the Cardinals organization is doing. Um, currently it says the Nats have to be thrilled with the start from the biggest free agent acquisition in Corbin, who has been their most consistent starter in each of his last five starts. He has thrown at least six innings and given up three runs or less. So you're going against a pitcher that's very stingy, doesn't want to give up runs, and it's a team that has been finding a way to, even when they're playing behind, to just, just put a 4-5 or five spot up in any end. And this is going to be a great duel here. Let's see what um, Covers has to say about this game. They push over under the 8.5. And, and again, both these pitchers have been serviceable. I mean, just like in the last game we just we just talked about in the um, – Verlander and Odorizzi game, their over-under was eight. And, um, you know, they got eight and a half in this game. And, again, I mean, it's due to the batting prowess. I mean, and uh, with that left-hand combo going against some of those right-handers, I think that's going to spell some trouble for Corbin today. Um, this, they needed to try to rally some wins um, along here. 
I know Washington is under five hundred, but again, they're gonna they're gonna have to work for this game. Trust me. Um, St. Louis are eight and two in their last ten, and Washington is four six. So I mean, Corbin has the better stuff. Um, Michael Walker, you know, he's probably less of the two. I mean, Corbin's salary on DraftKings is ten thousand two hundred, and Michael Walker's eighty one hundred. So let's look at Walker. What's been some of his problems? Being a long ball, he gave up three home runs to the Dodgers, which is pretty much like, you know, that's factual. The Dodgers have bombers in their lineup, right? He didn't get past three innings in that game. Eight hits, gave up seven runs, bad outing. Uh, San Diego, a team that was playing good earlier in the year, but they were fizzled off. Um, he gave up three hits and five point two innings. One thing about him, he can go to. He can't give you a hundred pitches. They let him stay in that San Diego game for 119 pitches back on April 6th. And it was a no decision. He didn't even win. All right. Um, against Milwaukee, gave up the long ball in that game. He gave six innings pitch, four hits. One thing that is doing him some justice is that he's getting strikeouts. That's a great thing that he's doing. So what you want to do, you want to go to Washington, look at their um, – players and see what they've been doing in the strikeout department. I saw Soto, he had a great game yesterday. He had a home run. He didn't strike out in that game. Um, before that, when he was in his rut, he was striking out almost like two times a game. Um, High Kendrick is inserted in that lineup because of the Rendon injury. He struck out in his last two games. But again, they're a good contact hitting team. He had two hits in the game yesterday. And then that one hit, which was a home run in the second game against San Diego. So he's doing justice there. Um, let's look at Adam Eden. Adam Eden, uh, he gives it at least, he's averaging about one strike in the game. He's struggling right now. I don't see it being a very good matchup with him going against Corbin, the left-hander. And that takes a lot of what they can do away when they, when you know you got Adam Eden going against Corbin who's a left hander. Robles he got squeaked a home run over the wall yesterday. He's been doing it. Whatever they have been asking him to do, he's one of those like just all utility players all around. He can run the bases. He's been hitting for a little occasional power. He strikes out a lot though. He had three strikeouts yesterday. Alright. And Dozier I've been kinda of waiting for him to wake up. He strikes out a lot also. He had a strikeout. He didn't strike out yesterday. He had two hits. But a game on the 27th, he had a strikeout. A game on the 26th against San Diego, three strikeouts in that game. He strikes out a lot. And when he's being fooled, he's being fooled. When he knows what the pitcher is giving, giving to him, he does a good job. Again, um, Gomez, you know, he gives you about a strikeout again. So, I mean, this is a game where... And we know that uh, Carter Keyboom is is a young young player being brought up, but you know he's he's been sporting some power here. Uh, he had a big home run in that comeback yesterday. Uh, as a young guy, he's going to strike out a lot too. The first game against San Diego, he did go deep. He had two strikeouts in that game. The next game, two strikeouts without any hits. And then the game, last game they played, he had one strikeout, but he had the big hit, which which was a home run. So they are a team on paper that looks like it favors Corbin. And, that, you know, this is a team with, with his ability and being a left-hander. He can definitely neutralize people like Matt Adams and and, 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 and Adam Eden. Uh, Matt Adams, he, he, he's, he's formidable to give me a strikeout a game too. So I see about five-plus strikeouts for Corbin today. 
Um, honestly, I know that Washington <clears throat> needs to put a little rally together and they need to do this, that, and the other, but I'm going to take the picture. I'm going to take Corbin. Um, again, we look, I, I think just um, what Michael, um, <clears throat> what Michael Walker has been doing is, is just enough. I mean, they're going to go back and forth with runs. Um, you know that's it's 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 gonna be really interesting. I, I I think St. Louis is gonna definitely have um a say in this. Um, you know, and then covers they this is an interesting, really interesting game, and I really want to make a prediction on this game. Um, right now, say it's fifty six percent for the Cardinals and forty four percent. For Corbin, I think Corbin metrically is going to have a good game. But I think once Corbin exits the game, um, I think things are going to go south for Washington. Washington is favorite, minus 145. They're thinking that Corbin is going to do what he needs to do, and they're going to find a way to get to Walker, Washington some kind of way. Um, <clears throat> and you know what? They're 6-8 at home right now. Um, this this is gonna be a really really close game, you know. And I'm gonna actually go with the consensus. I'm gonna go with the money line, the minus one forty five on Washington. I think Corbin is gonna do enough to keep that offense down, neutralizing um, Carpenter, some of the left hand batters in that lineup. They don't have many. They have a lot of right handers. Um. I just think um, Michael Walker will do okay. You know, I think he'll get get a few strikeouts against that team, um, <clears throat> and be, be, because of that, it'll be close. But I think this is gonna come down to like middle relief, you know, and 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 which batters really wake up. Um, they got a better pitcher on the mound. They're seeing themselves a little bit better right now. I know they strike out a little bit, but Walker hasn't been very, like, dominating. He has a high ERA. Uh, he doesn't, you know, he's been getting, to, like, around the five to seven strikeout, strikeout mark. But I think if it goes down to the end, I think Washington is going to find a way to get to Walker before they find a way to get to Corbin. So I've been trying to spit out what I wanted to say, but that, that's going to be a very good game. From a fancy standpoint, from the hitters, wow. Um, you know, <clears throat> you look at this, you look at the lineup, you know, Soto is definitely in play again, for sure. Righty versus lefty. Um it's going to be definitely a duel between him and Goldschmidt, for sure. Um, I think he's a cerebral pitcher. I think he's going to try to go after DeYoung and uh, Marcelo Zuna. And um, <clears throat> I think he's going to get the best of DeYoung. I think he's going to get the best of Zuna. Um, <clears throat> you might want to definitely play something off, like a Jose Martinez, somebody that's not expected, like a Harrison Bader or something like that. Um... I think Goldie is definitely need to play. I think he's going to neutralize that third and fourth there. Corbin is he's going to be real, real um, strategic with that. So probably not a usual suspect of somebody who might get the Corbin. 
I see they can insert Jet Yorko. He's kind of a platoon player there in the seventh spot. So um, just choose wisely. I, I do like um, the left hand presence. I say continue to roll with, continue to roll with um, with with Brian Dozier down there in that seventh spot. He's gonna have his his veteran presence is gonna have to be very big. Um, I mean, we know what Matt Adams did the other day, but you know. I, I see them really generating a lot of line, a, a lot of uh, offense from the top of the order all the way down to seven. I mean, this could be a sneaky lineup. Um, he's gonna have to be careful with Matt Adams' power again. He can take him deep. I've seen Matt Adams like go homer, 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 like just have power game after game. Even Yang Gomes down there, you know, very um. um yeah, he's a dangerous catcher if he gets the pitch he's looking for. So, very good game. I, you know, honestly, and I'm going to say offense. I'm really going to say a lot of offense in this game. I'm going to make a strong prediction. That, see, that eight and a half, is, is, that half is, like, again, tricky. It's really tricky. I, not, I, they don't. They they feel how I feel now. They think this game could possibly get out of hand. So, that's why they put that half point on there. And I think it's going to get out of hand. And these teams are going to grind it out. It's going to be another grind-out game between two teams. One team that want to stay where they are at the top of their division and watch them fighting to get up there in the NL East. That's going to sport offense. So I'm going to take the over in that game. Um, I know I was kind of going back and forth, but I was really looking at a lot of important metrics there. Um Got Oakland and Boston. Oh my goodness! Like this game here is like <clears throat> I know both managers are really tired of 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 watching their players slumping, pitchers doing abnormal stuff, you know these big innings that these hitting these these opposing teams are putting up on them. You know, Boston's really underachieving right now and. And they got um Eduardo Rodriguez on the mound, high ERA, 5.89. Now, he did pitch against Detroit in his last game. He was very masterful. I mean, he didn't give up any home runs, which was a great sign because when he starts doing that, it can get really bad. When he starts walking batters and, and giving up runs. Oakland, I don't know. I mean, it's not might not uh, it might not be a good time to run in Oakland. Then again, it might. We don't know what kind of Oakland team we're gonna get today. Um, but I know the Oakland faithful are looking for a breakout game. He didn't do good against them last time. And and DraftKings guy was ninety one hundred. They lit him up last time. He had six earned runs against Oakland. He only lasted three innings. This is Eduardo Rodriguez. All right, he had eight hits. Six earned runs, 14.73 ERA, 0.421 batting average. So the numbers are showing that these guys, you know, if he's tipping his pitches to the hitters, they got him. You know, they really got him. I mean, let's see what what covers has to say about this. I mean, it's close consensus again, 48% for Oakland, 52% for Boston. They got an over on that nine. I'm taking over. Uh, Frankie Montas is on the mound. <laughs> Frankie Montas is on the mound for Oakland. Um, he has a four-one record. You know, anytime you see a pitcher with a ERA close to three, he's three point one zero, and um, 
He's 4 and 1. Whip is good. 1.14 is giving you about 18 fantasy points a game. Um, didn't face Boston in their last series. Um, you know, he's been keeping the ball down. He hasn't given up a homer in his last two starts. Um, he's giving you around 90 pitches a game. Giving you around 5 plus, 5 to 6 innings average. Um, who's to say? I mean, this is a this is another player here that you can roster against a slumping Boston team. A lot of people are not gonna want to probably take that chance. You know, Boston can wake up at any minute, but you can take the flyer on Frankie Montas. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Um, if we look at this, uh, Oakland was doing good there in the year, and they need to keep. They don't want to keep sliding southward and getting back down to five hundred. Um, right now, you know, we know Montas is a um, right-hander and Rodriguez is a left-hander. So what they got going, they got Simeon at the top of the order, who I like a lot. They got Matt Chapman, they got Piscotti at three, and Chris Davis there at four. I mean, the top six, Chad Pender at five. I'm just looking at offense here, really. Um, let's look at Ben and I know JD Martinez had a day off the other day. And um it's gonna be a very hard game to predict. It really is. We don't know what kind of Frankie Montas is gonna come out against this Boston team. Um, you know, he, he can command his pitches. I mean he can sport you about five strikeouts. Um I, I wanna say overall he's had two good starts and I won them against Houston at home. And the other one against Anaheim, who who he should have dominated. And that was early in the year when Anaheim um, was trying to find themselves. So the two games he had over 20 fantasy points um, against two decent teams, Houston being the better of the two. And then on the on, against Texas, it was kind of mediocre. He gave up three home runs. What saved his average was that he had six strikeouts in that game. All right. Um, against a hungry Boston team, I would probably take a flyer on both of these pitchers. I, I like all offense. I say you can even do a um, Oakland stack. You can even do a Boston stack. I mean, how many times are we gonna get burned by putting Sale in our lineup and taking Boston to win games on a and on a straight bet and they lose? You know, right now they're minus one forty one on the money line. And uh, Oakland is plus 120. Kind of, that's what I expect. Very close. I mean, Rodriguez has been looking good on his last two games. But, um, again, facing Chris Davis and, 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 and um, Matt Chapman and Simeon up there. Piscotti needs to kind of find himself. He's been kind of in the dumps the last three games. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Um, if you want to ask me who to take in this game, um, I don't. I don't like the 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 presence of Boston having a left hand in the mound against those right handers today. I don't like it. I know he did good, but that was Detroit. His two teams he did good against was Detroit and Baltimore, and then he didn't handle his business against Tampa Bay. He didn't handle his business against Seattle. And at home, um, he's pitching the only good metric Rodriguez has that at home. He's two and out. Um, he's giving up one long ball, 
Um, 15 of his strikeouts have come at home. I have to have his whip. is 0.63 at home versus 2.25 on the road. 0.119 batting average. So if you like those numbers, and you know Boston needs to get out of get out of their slump, and they got a pitcher on the mound that pitches good at home, you can you can go with Boston. But I'm gonna tell you what I see is that his last game against Oakland, they knocked him out in three innings, and he gave up six runs. I don't care where it was at. I don't care if it was at home or in Oakland. I don't give a damn. He just Oakland had his number. And I might, I, I kind of seen it maybe jumping out. They, they get the mentality to try to jump out on him real quick and don't give him any kind of momentum, give him any confidence. It's going to be a long day for Boston again. As for the hitters, um, you know, Mookie Betts, he's been pretty subpar so far. Um, 269 average for his, for his expectations, I would say five home runs. He only has 13 RBIs banding that position this year. 13 RBIs banding the two spot. Uh, he's going to have to pick it up. Um, he's banned 200 against them so far in the, the games he's played against Oakland. Four games. He hasn't taken them deep. 333 average. Pretty average there. His slugging is below 400.333. He, he has two extra base hits, two doubles. Three hits and 15 at bats. So he has some work to do. Um, if they're going to wield this team to a win. Um, Benintendi, you know, 235 average. OPS, 0. .5888, .353 slugging. Another one of their important key players slugging under four in his OBP at 235. Not very good numbers. The numbers don't lie. Um, I think JD is going to be in the lineup. Uh, he had some back spasms the other day. His slugging is at 500. Uh, hopefully the day off helps him. I'll have some JD in my lineup. He had a day off. I'll have some some JD Martinez. Um, a .545 OVP for Bogarts. His OPS is great. 1.212. Um, you know, in the nine at bats for hits. So. I'm looking at the middle of that order. Uh, I'm looking at probably you can do a Bogarts and JD, a 3-4 combo. Jackie Bradley, uh, I don't know what's going on with him. He still continues to um, to get a spot there at the bottom of the order. They're waiting for him to wake up at any minute. He hasn't went deep this year. You could give a shot. I mean, at 3,100, he probably won't hurt you too much. But... Um, they need players like them to get it going. They need players like J.D. Martinez. Not J.D. Really, J.D. Martinez also. But people like Jackie Bradley Jr. Michael Chavis has been doing pretty good. Um, And they got Zoo Wee Lin. You know, people in that bottom order, they're going to have to contribute. Rafael Devers, he's still looking for his first home run. He has more stolen bases than home runs. Three stolen bases on the year. And that fifth position is very important. They got to get productivity out of that position. So I like the middle of the order to step up today. J.D., Bogarts, Devers. You know, you can throw in Bradley if you want to do a Boston stack and maybe throw in um, Betts. Um, or if you want to take Betts out and put Benintendi since he's a left-hander going against a right-hander, that could work. 
All right, so I'm I'm taking offense in that game. I really take a flyer on the pitchers. Um, if you think Boston is going to win due to their pitching and Oakland is going to continue to slump, that would be the only reason I would say roster Eduardo Rodriguez. There is some justification for that, but you're going to have to flip the coin. I hope that it bounces your way. All right, we got San Diego in Atlanta today. We got Mike Soroka on the mound. Uh, he's been doing pretty good. Um, I guess Cincinnati, a team that's been struggling, he handled his business. 24, he picked up the win in that game. He lost against Arizona. Um, five innings he pitched in that game. Four hits was allowed. He didn't give up the long ball, only one run. Just didn't get any run support that day. That might have been when they played against Grinky. Um, and then we got Nick uh, Marchibicius. Um He got a 2-2 two two record. All right. Uh, he's been pitching decent. 3.6 ERA. He had a face of Braves all this year. And Braves had a really big win yesterday. JD went deep. Albies went deep. They got some really good production out of that team. Freeman keeping the count as a hitter's count. And they worked the count. They pulled off a very important win. This guy has had some issues with giving up the long ball. Um, he's kind of lukewarm when it comes to his strikeout pitch. He can average anywhere from like two a game to to five. It just depends on the opponent. Um, against Seattle, he picked up the win. He didn't win against Colorado. Um, he gave up five earned runs in that game. Let's just do something really quickly. So away, his whip is point six four, point one five four batting average. He pitches um very good on the road so far in the two games he started. Um, and he's given up more runs um, away, two as opposed to one at home. Um, he's undefeated on the road, so we'll see if Atlanta looks to try to defuse that. Um, he does walk a lot. I mean, three games he started at home, he walked six people. And the two games he started on the road, he only walked one. But um, his metrics is good. I mean, it's not bad. Uh, he is a young guy. Um, we'll see how he's, again, they say his metrics, he's avoided the long ball. Looks like, you know, he's he's got some spots here and there where it bounces his way. But to me, he still looks like a very mediocre pitcher. He had a 16-point PPG against San Francisco, 10 against St. Louis, Eight against Colorado, thirteen against Seattle. So, I mean, not overwhelming numbers. Um, as for earned runs, you know, his first three games, two of the first three games was against San Francisco. So you can kind of see why he had some early success. And San Francisco has not been doing very well, even against a very formidable St. Louis team. Um, he only gave up one run to them. So we do have to give credit where it's due. Um, one thing that I don't like about him, he's a left-hander going against a, uh, a team that can hit very good from the right side. And even Freeman can give left-handers issues. Uh, I like Acuna to try to get himself going um, today. Um, Albies has seen the ball good. That whole top of the order, they're balling right now. Um, definitely have some Acuna in your lineup. You can continue to roll with Albies, JD. You can put Atlanta stack in. Um, I don't really see San Diego doing too much right now. Um, you can go ahead and maybe roster Machado because he's been kind of salt lately in the home run department. 
is due. You know, Atlanta is a hitter's park, and the ball flies out of there. Uh, have some Manuel Machado. I mean, Soroka is um, still up and coming for the Braves. I mean, he's scoring a 20.2 FPPG, which is very impressive. Again, only in two games. He is a right-hander. Um, any issues with him? Uh, he does occasionally walk people. Um, he can get. He does have a strikeout pitch, <clears throat> and um, he's been giving about five innings. He can go the distance, give you a hundred pitches. Um, anyone particularly in the lineup that could give him problem? Again, I like Atlanta stack, and then on top of that, you can you know Hosmer had a homer the other day against Washington. He is a lefty. Um, and then you got Machado, um, right there being a righty there. So that middle order could probably give him some issues. Kinsler, I don't really worry about. Austin Hedges, he does sport some power right there. You can probably roll him out as a power power catcher. Margot, he's also always been very good against the Braves. Um, they have some suspects in their lineup that can give him some issues. It's not going to be just a walk in the park for the Braves, okay? Um, I don't really have much to really say about the Cincinnati game. Um, Zach Wheeler has been doing very good lately. Um, he's two and one with a two point two five ERA. Um, they're in New York. This is a game that New York can t- can continue to roll after that series with Milwaukee. Um, Tanner Roark um hasn't really he's been kind of lukewarm this year. And um, let's kind of look at him. I know some of the podcast has been saying Mets stacks today against this guy. Um, you know, he's, he's given. You know, he's been giving about five innings. He hasn't really hit over a hundred pitches this year, so he's probably not someone that's going to go very deep into the innings. Uh, he's one on one the year. Got like three no decisions. He picked up a win against San Diego. Um, doesn't strike out a lot. He averages about maybe four, three, three to four strikeouts a game. Very low output in his FPPG department. Um, against a missed team that's seen the ball very good. I know it might help him a little bit because Cano got hit on the hand yesterday. But um, again, he's a righty, and they got some very good left-handers in that lineup. Um, I like Nemo today, McNeil. Conforto, Frazier, he had a great contact hit up the middle yesterday against him, bringing in some runs. Um, have some Mets power in your lineup today. Um, just to kind of back that up. Um, the consensus is 73% for New York today, minus 164 in the money line. They got an over-under at 7.5. I'll probably take the over in that game. I see the Mets really going huge in that game. All right, and I got to wrap up here. We got less than 60 seconds. We got the Dodgers against San Francisco. I do like the Dodgers with Maeda on the mound versus Samarja. Uh, I like Tampa Bay to keep rolling today with um, Brad Ke- um not Brad Keller, but um, Stanek doing a bullpen day. The White Sox I like today against Baltimore at home. I think they continue to roll also. Um, they got Banuelos on the mound. He's very serviceable. And then look out for that Colorado-Milwaukee game. That's going to be really interesting. Right now, the consensus is um, 70% with Zach Davies on the mound with Kyle Freeland being a left-hander. So Milwaukee probably looking to bounce back today, okay? All right, y'all finish your rosters, and thanks for listening. Have a good one.